Just go back to Genesis chapter 1 with me. Genesis chapter 1. Now, we've been talking about some things for the past few weeks on the lines of obedience. And if you've been here, we've had a couple main texts or scriptures. 1 John 2.16 talked about the three bases of sin for every one of us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And when you deal with those things, the lust of the flesh is... Uh, we, like, we like to uh, gratify our flesh. We like to appease it. The lust of the eyes mainly deals with greed, covetous, but also sexual temptation. And then the pride of life. We define that as success and fear. Also, the, the prestige of man. We want to be prestigious in man's eyes. And you know what that a lot of times is? That's based on things. Where we want people to look and say, man, look at the home they have. Look at the car they drive. Look at the clothes. Well, see, God's not, he's not against us having any of those things. But he is against us having those things when we think that's how we get the approval of man. That's how we think we're important. And so is the pride of life active right now? It is. And so that was one of our main scriptures. The other one was 1 John 5, 19. And it says the whole, the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. Now when I read that, I think that's every person in the earth. Now, how many people on the earth aren't even aware that they come under the sway or the control of the evil one. You know what, in my life for 20 years, I didn't have a clue about that. I didn't know that a lot of the things I was doing was influenced by the kingdom of darkness. How many of you have ever said this or you've heard somebody say this? I really don't know why I did that, but I just did it. Well, a lot of times that is because the influence of the devil upon us now. The thing is, the only way we escape from the influence of darkness is when we make Jesus Lord and Savior of our life. Jesus becomes our escape. He becomes our way out. And so when I say that, I want you to understand that there's two kingdoms at operation right now. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. I'm going to be associated with one or the other, but not both. Now, the next one we talked about is 1 John 4, 4. It says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so we got to understand that because of Jesus on the inside of us, that's the greater one. I don't have to, to submit to the things of the devil of this world, whether it's uh, darkness, whether it's bondage, whether it's stronghold. So when you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you come under the rights of that the same in the United States. When you got, uh, became a citizen of the United States, guess what that entitled you to? All the privileges of this land. And so that's the same as the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to look at something here, and I'm going to skip right through Genesis chapter 1. Let's begin tonight in Genesis 1 verse 3, and I want you to see something here. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. It wasn't bad, and it was good. Verse 10. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters, and he called the sea. 
And God saw that it was good. Now what you're going to see here, a pattern of that, and, and, and why I'm telling you that, guys, is everything that Father God creates is good. Keep reading with me, verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw, once again, that it was good. Verse 17, God set them in a firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that that was good. Verse 21, so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And once again, God saw that it was good. I want you to look at the last verse there. In that chapter, verse 31. Then God saw everything. Now, I highlighted that. Then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. Why do I I highlight all this? Well, the original creation was good. Every bit of it. Now, why I'm highlighting that, this was before the fall of man. And the original order of man's environment on the earth that God created, it must be distinguished or separated from what we live under now. Okay? What we live under now is not how God created things. And so our present world... It's not reflected by the kingdom order that he originally intended. This was not God's idea of of how we were to uh, enjoy it. And so don't attribute everything that goes on on this earth as God's will or an act of God. Okay? See, many times, how many of you, when you watch the news, like the other day, they had more tornadoes in Alabama, just very devastated. And you know what they said? It was an act of God. That was an act of God. Well, I'm here to tell you, that wasn't an act of God. And how do I know that was an act of God? Well, John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief is the devil. So you want to know where the devil's tracks are? You want to know where his imprint is? Anywhere where there's devastation, where there's killing, stealing, and a thief, that's the mark of the devil. And so once again, God's original plan, guys, was not for the way it is now. And so the devil is the one who introduced corruption. All the junk that we see. And you know what? He's still in the corruption business. Now think about this. When I was a sinner, the sin in my life progressed. The longer I sinned, the better I got at it. It kept growing. In other words, sin had like a snowball effect on me. Well, think about this in the devil right now. He's been around here a long time. And so, all the stuff of the sin, the darkness that on this earth... It's compounding on a daily basis. It's getting powerful and powerful. Just look. All we got to do is go around and look. And so what I'm telling you again here, there is a conflict or a battle that goes on continuously around me and you. 
And it's the kingdom of darkness, which is the devil, or the kingdom of light, which is Jesus. And each one of us in here, we're going to belong to an order. The order where Jesus is Lord or where Satan dominates. And that becomes my choice. And once again, I said, how many people on the face of the earth, they don't even recognize that they live under the sway of the evil one. He's active here, guys, right now. Now, I don't say that to, to put fear in you. But my escape, my exodus, once again, is because of Jesus. Because of Him. Now, go back with me in the New Testament. Let's learn a little more here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See the Bible, you know what it says? There in Ephesians 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. And so you know what that is? That's all those fallen angels. I like to call them stupid angels. Why do I call them stupid? Because they followed Lucifer. They willfully chose to follow him. And so guess where they landed when they got booted out of heaven? They landed right here on earth. And I'm telling you, they have a right to be here. So if you ever hear people say, well, you know what? We're just going to bind them into hell where they can't come out anymore. That's not biblical. Until the day that Jesus returns. And then you know what Jesus said he's going to? He's going to put them there for eternity. But right now, they have a right to be here. But just because they have a right to be here does not mean that they have a right to dominate me. They don't have a right to dominate you. You know why? Not because you've been doing push-ups and pull-ups every day. Because of the blood of Jesus. Remember, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Revelations 12, 11. How do we overcome? By the blood of Jesus. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1. Let's begin in verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, fellow believers... That not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, right here he's talking about there is a rejection between human wisdom and divine wisdom. And divine wisdom is knowing the ways and the will of the Father. You want to operate in godly wisdom, kingdom wisdom, then you got to get a hold of the Word of God. you got to get a hold of the will of God. Now, when I talk about divine wisdom and human wisdom, when I talk about human wisdom, guys, I'm not talking about a wisdom that's based on your intellect or your education. Human wisdom is a false independence of God. You know what human wisdom says? I don't need God. I'm smart. And so when we try to figure everything out in our human wisdom, by our intelligence and our intellect, we're going to fall short of the things of God. And this is what he's basically saying here. Now, when I live by human wisdom, there's a pride. There's a self-glory. There's a self-dependence. And see, before I gave my heart to Jesus, you know what my thought was always? I can figure this out. I can fix all my problems. And you know what happened when I had that mentality? Things got worse. 
And it got worse and it got worse. And so I love the wisdom that comes right here through the Word. Verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of what? The foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen even the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base or the insignificant things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. And so right here he's saying even that, you know what, I can take nobodies and make them somebodies. I can take the things that the people of the world look as foolish and I can make them where it dumbfounds them. And so right here, you know what he's telling us here? Even if it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. I mean, when we start believing in a, in a, in a Savior we've never seen, you know what the world would say? You're going to base your eternity on somebody you've never seen? Because you know what dictates the world? My five senses. That's the only thing that the world can hook up to. Now look what he goes on to say. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him, but of God, you are in Christ Jesus. Now this is big, guys. Because of God, when you give your heart to Jesus, it says you are in Christ Jesus. So now, you know what? Jesus lives on the inside of me. And I want you to note here the things that are associated with Jesus living on the inside of me. And but if God, you are Christ Jesus who came for us, Wisdom from God. Christ has made to us wisdom from God. And so many times, you know what? When the wisdom of God comes in you, sometimes humanity will think, man, he's so smart. He's so wise. And one of the keys I can tell you about this is when people start bragging about how wise and smart you are, you know what you need to do? I give God all the glory. I give God all the glory. Because if you start getting in the back of your mind, I'm pretty smart. I'm going to tell you, you might as well get ready because there's fixing to be a fall. So the first thing associated here, he said, I'm going to put, I'm going to put wisdom in you. I'm going to put kingdom wisdom in you. Now look what he goes on to say. That wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So the entire range of human need Everything that we had always needed, God has met for you and me. And you know how God met it? Through His Son, Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise. I haven't been on a cruise. But I do know this, that when you do get on a cruise ship, that all your meals normally are included in the price. So you know what that means? It's all-inclusive. As much as you want... Anytime you want. That's why they say the average person on a seven-day cruise will gain between 10 and 14 pounds. It's tear it up, tear it up. They tear it up. Why am I telling you this? Because when you give Jesus your heart, you are now on the all-inclusive plan. That He's paid for everything for you and me that we're ever going to need in full. Now, what was some of the stuff he said? Wisdom. Look at the second thing he said that is for me and you. 
If you're born again, that you should come under His righteousness. You know what His righteousness is? Right standing. I'm in right standing with the Father, not based on because I've got my, my Cub Scout pins on. I'm in right standing with Father God because of Jesus. That's why the Scriptures say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus qualified me. I, I used to sing this song all the time, and it said, and I'm not going to sing it, I'm just going to tell you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a brand new creation in Him. I'm a partaker of His divine nature on me. He will not impute sin. And so because of Jesus, when God looks at me now, I'm righteous. Look at the, the, the third thing He goes on to say. And through Christ, there is sanctification. The word sanctification means you've been set apart. You've been consecrated. In God's eyes, because of Jesus, you're holy. Now, some of you right now are saying, man, I don't, I, I don't fall underneath any of those. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification. See, that's where you appropriate those by faith. And I'm telling you, I believe it's healthy for you to begin to say, I'm full of the wisdom of God. I am the righteousness of God. I believe it's important that you understand. I've been sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Not when I get to heaven, but the moment I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, He sanctified me. Now look at the last one. Redemption. Redemption. You know what redemption means? He repurchased you. There was a huge price paid for every one of us in this room. And the word redemption, it also means ransom. Jesus was the ransom. And I don't know if you remember the song we sang tonight, but one of the parts in there it said, He was our ransom. In other words, you were bought with a price and paid in full with one sacrifice. It'll never have to be done again. And with that sacrifice, it came a warranty that only He could make. And that warranty for me and you is eternally. It's not based on how bad I, it's based on that when I receive Jesus and I start seeing myself in Jesus. Who I thank you. Now guys, in my own life, I got a past. I got a past. Before I got born again, I mean, I was a mess. I was in trouble and trouble and just everything imaginable. But when I got born again and I started understanding through the scriptures what Jesus has done for me, I thought, man, I, i got an inheritance here. He's paid for me. Now go to your right. You're going to go to, to Colossians chapter 2. So when you look at all these, there were Colossians 2 is where we're going. If you look at all these that, that he paid for, listen to me. Jesus paid for your right thinking. That's wisdom. He paid for your righteousness. That's right living. He paid for your sanctification. That's a clean slate. He paid for your redemption. And you know what that is? Ooh, not only is that a fresh start, that is some blessings right there. So no matter who you are, you've got to receive this by faith and say, Man, Lord, I thank you. That Father God has become, through Jesus Christ, our barrier from the world. Colossians 1. Now Colossians 2. Verse 20. Now to get ready, this stuff is good right here. Colossians 2, verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of what? 
of the world. The elementary principles of the world. What would be the elementary principles of the world? The material ways of looking at things. Why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to the regulations? In other words, why do you keep living as if you belong to the world? You don't have to live by the regulations of this world. I live by the laws of the kingdom of God. Now this is what he's telling us here. And what are the rules of the world? I believe the rules of the world are our five senses. Everything in my life before I gave my heart to Jesus was based on what I saw, what I smelt, what I heard, what I felt. And so in the kingdom of God, none of that's good. The things of the kingdom of God in the New Testament are received how? By faith. And so he said, you've got to die to your old self. And sometimes my flesh doesn't want to die. Tell it, yeah. I'm going to hook to the things of God. How do you get separated from the things of God? Now this is big. Some of you got to quit speaking like the world speaks. What do I mean by that? Well, we start yakking about everything that's wrong in our lives. i got to quit thinking in line with the, wor uh, the world. That's why in Romans 12 it says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So many of us still think in line with the world, and we still talk in line with the world. If I went around this room tonight, and I said, You know, the flu season's here. How many are you going to get it? And you know what some of you would say? I ain't getting it. No sickness or disease comes near my dwelling in the name of Jesus. You know what some of the others would say? I'll be the first one to get it. You know why? Because you think and you talk in line with the world. And then you wonder why things are the way they are. So in other words, you're going to have to learn a new language. It's called Christianese. That that is, I start speaking what the Bible says, and I start thinking in line with the Bible. Quit thinking in line like the way the world thinks. How do I do that? i got to start getting in the Word of God. That's where my mind starts getting transformed. And then you know what happens? When situations arise, the Word of God comes out of you. You think in line with the Word of God. You speak in line with the Word of God. Am I telling you you're never going to have problems again? No. No. There's going to be things that come against you, but when they come against you, you know what comes out of your mouth? The Word of God. Oh, gosh, I better hurry. Okay, where are we at? Verse 21. Now, get this. Look at Paul's prescription here. Do not touch this. Do not taste that. And do not handle them. What was he talking about? The, the elements of the world. Now listen, guys. We're born again, but just because I'm born again doesn't mean I don't use the things of the world. God knows I'm going to have to have the things of the world while I'm here. But listen, I don't put all my trust and my faith in the things of the world. You know why? They're just temporary. All the things of the world are going to perish. How do you know that? Well, look what he goes on to say. Read verse 21 and then we'll go right into 22. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish. With the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. He's saying, listen, when you base everything on the precepts and the thoughts of man, 
They're going to perish. They're going to let you down. Think about the things in your life right now. You can go out and buy a new car and you think, man, that's awesome. That made me so happy. Until you get about 10 months into it and you look and think, I hate that car payment. And then you go out and buy you a new pair of boots. And, and after a few days, you get a bunch of water or something on them. And you look and you realize, golly. And so what happens in us when we hook to the things of the world? We're always thinking, if I just had this or just had that, that would make me happy. You know what? It's all temporary. I mean, you know what? You can go on a cruise next week, and it'll be awesome for seven days. But guess what? After the seventh day, reality punches you right back in the head, and you say, oh, my gosh, i got to go back to work Monday. See? And this is what happens with the things of the world. And so what he's telling us here, man, let's hook up to the things that are eternal. Now, keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. An appearance of wisdom. In self-imposed religion, in false humility, and neglect of the body, or the lack of discipline of the body, but are no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So he's, he's saying here, if you're going to serve the things of the world, you're going to serve them just for the flesh. And I believe through this, he's saying, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your things on the eternal things. Now turn one page back to, to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. And this is what we're going to end with. Now get ready. You can put on your shouting shoes here. I'm telling you, this is getting ready to bless you. I want you to see this. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. The New International Version, where it says qualified us, it says has qualified you. So I give thanks to the Father who has qualified me to be partakers or to share of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, you know what he's telling you here? You got an inheritance in the light, in the things of the kingdom of God. What did you do to get that inheritance? You didn't do nothing but receive Jesus. Now, guess what would happen? In the natural, if you received an inheritance, you know what the first thing you would do? You'd be telling people. If Brad got a, an inheritance and he got a check for $25,000 in for Aunt, from Aunt Susie, the first thing he would do, he would call Misty and say, Oh, baby, baby, you're not going to believe this. I didn't even know Aunt Susie was worth that. I got a check in the... So you know what happens when we get inheritance? And we start telling everybody. What would happen in the kingdom of God when we started telling folk, man, I got inheritance. I got... You know what? Jesus left me an inheritance. And you know what that inheritance is? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 13. He has delivered us from the power or control, or dominion, or domain of darkness. Now you've been delivered from it. It doesn't say when you get to heaven. It says, He has. You know what that means? Past it. He's already done it. And, and not only has He delivered you from the power, the control, and dominion of darkness, but you know what it says? He's conveyed you. He's transferred you. Where did He transfer you to? Into what? 
into the kingdom of his son of his love. So you know what it tells me here? He's rescued me. Right now. And on top of that, look what happens in verse 14. In whom we, in whom we, me and you, we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Dear me, guys, you could shout on that. I'm telling you, that's some incredible stuff right there. I don't care what the darkness is in your life. When you just go around and say, Oh, Lord, I received that inheritance. And once again, guys, I can refer back to my, my early years of my life. All the sin and junk I was involved with. But you know what I begin to look at? If He's delivered me, I'm just going to receive it. I, and you know what? Out of my mouth, you know what I started saying? I've been delivered out of the power of darkness. I thank you right now, Father God, that alcohol has no dominion over me. I thank you, Father God, that, that all the different drugs I took, they have no dominion over me. All the sexual impurity I was involved, it has no dominion over me. And guess what? I begin to speak that and I begin to think in line with that. And you begin to speak the word and you begin to think that way. I'm going to tell you, something begins to happen. And it starts happening on the inside. And before long, it starts manifesting on the outside. And people start looking and say, what happened to you? I'm just walking in my inheritance. I've been blessed. You know, in football, when you do something stupid on the field, you get what they call an unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, you know what? When I read the scriptures here, you ought to get a bunch of unsportsmanlike conducts toward the devil. You ought to take those blessings and just spike them right in his face. You ought to talk more trash to the devil. I mean, be a trash-talking machine. Why do I say that? Because Jesus has already done it. And you know what a lot of people say? No, 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 no. You don't want to mess with the devil. Yeah, I do. In Jesus' name, you know what I say? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know what? I got a big brother, and his name's Jesus. And so, you know what, when Jesus is in my life, I can get real tough with the devil. You know what, I, he's already whipped you, buddy. And so some of you, man, I mean, you need to get bold with the Word of God. Start speaking to things in your life. You find the Scriptures and you say, man, I'm part of this inheritance right here. Quit allowing the things of the world to dominate you. And it's as simple as start saying, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. See, many of you have heard me say this before. Anytime you can find in the Bible where it's written, you can always tell the devil, it's finished. It's finished. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. He's, he's cleaned me up. And you know what? I realize, you know what? I just come and, and, and I keep sitting under the Word of God. I can't change anybody and nobody can change me. So you know what? Jesus, just change me. Just change me. And that's what some of you need to do. Just daily come into the presence of the Lord and say, Ah, oh, Father, I give you glory. Thank you for changing me. I'm a sorry daddy, but I know you can help me be a great daddy. I give you glory for the daddy you're helping me. I'm a sorry husband, but because of you, I give you glory for making me a good husband. See, when I realize I just yield everything to him and I say, You know what? I don't have any credentials to be a pastor. 
You guys may not know this, but I've really got about a sixth grade education. But you know what? Jesus helps me. He redeems me. I got an inheritance. You can stand up. I think I'll stand back up too.